Chapter 7 War in the Old Testament of the Bible When the Lord your God brings you into the land that you are entering to, take possession of it, and clears away many nations before you, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations more numerous and mightier than yourselves. And when the Lord your God gives them over to you and you defeat them, then you must devote them to complete destruction. You shall make no covenant with them and show no mercy to them. Deuteronomy chapter number 7, verse 1 and 2. There has always been war. It has existed since the very beginning of mankind. Prophets were appointed to societies where war had existed to guide people to the way of truth. The messengers who attempted to lead mankind to the straight path must have given guidance regarding the proper conduct of war. Through the war waged as per their guidance, without being spoiled with violence and immorality, virtue must have been attained and evil must have been eradicated. The Quran expounds the event involving Israelites, in which after they were expelled from their homeland, they successfully waged a war leading to the enthronement of Dawood. The Quran throws a light on the event in the following way. Alam tara ilal have you not seen the elites among the children of Israel after Moses when they said to a prophet of theirs raise up a king for us so that we may fight in the way of Allah he said perhaps after fighting was prescribed for you you would not fight they said and why should we not fight in the way of Allah, having been expelled from our homes and away from our children? Then when fighting was prescribed for them, they turned back, save a few among them. And Allah knows well the wrongdoers. Chapter number 2, verse number 246. This verse makes clear that expulsion from their homeland and eviction from their own children forced the Israelites to wage the war. Therefore, divine succor reached them. The events from their setting out for war with prayer, and their being able to kill Jalut to coronation of David are expounded by the Quran as follows. Allah 
And when they went forth against Goliath and his house, they said, Our Lord, pour patience upon us, make firm our steps, and help us against the disbelieving people. And they rooted them by Allah's leave, and David slew Goliath. And when Allah gave him sovereignty and wisdom, and taught him of what he wills, and were it not for God's repelling people, some by means of others, the earth would have been corrupted. But Allah is possessed of bounty for the worlds. Chapter number 2, verse number 250 and 251. Making a mention of the war waged under the leadership of Talut against Jalut, in which David killed the latter and became a king, Allah sends the topic with an apt closing line. and if Allah had not repelled people, some by means of others, the earth would have been corrupted. But Allah is generous for the worlds. The first ever command of Allah to Prophet Muhammad وسلم, granting him permission for war, Allah states, If Allah had not repelled people, some by means of others, monasteries, churches, synagogues and mosques, wherein God's name is mentioned much, would have been destroyed. Chapter number 22, verse number 40. These verses make it clear that the aim of war taught through the medium of prophets was to repel people with one another, to end their torture, enmity and persecution, and to preserve the earth from corruption, thereby establishing the freedom to believe and worship. The reason why the prophets took up arms, as these verses make clear, was to fulfill these objectives. The prophets were not violent oppressors or persecutors of people. They were, rather, liberators. The war they carried out was meant to liberate people from persecution and violence. Once the priesthood started to rewrite the stories of prophets for their own Western interests, they started to present the picture of cruelty and violence by the prophet, thereby justifying the violence and transgression formed in the mind of clergies. Since the revealed books that now exist in the name of prophets appear to have been fabricated, even in their fundamentals, we cannot take them for granted without questioning narratives of the prophets. The picture of warring prophets as outlined in Judeo-Christian scriptures was that of cold-blooded and violent warmongers and conquerors. A close analysis will show that this picture was formed at a later time. When the book of Genesis mentions the war waged by the great prophet Abraham, it gives the picture of a liberator, who liberated through a battle his own nephew and innocent woman and children. Let us quote from the book of Genesis. When Abraham heard that his kinsman had been taken captive, he led forth his trained men, born in his house, of them and went in pursuit as far as Dan. And when he divided his forces against them by night, he and his servants, and defeated them, and pursued them to Hobah. 
north of Damascus. Then he brought back all the possessions, and also brought back his kinsmen, Lot with his possessions, and the woman and the people. Genesis chapter number 14, verse 14 to 16. In the biblical references to the Israeli lawgiver Moses, the prophet hardly appears as a liberator of Israelites from their prosecutors, but rather as an aggressor who attempts at the invasion of the Israelites, who mercilessly exterminates all but the Israelites. There is the bitter tang of this aggressive invasion in Jehovah's command to Moses. See the divine command in the book of Numbers. And the Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan at Jericho, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When you pass over the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you and destroy all the figured stones and destroy all their metal images and demolish all their high places. And you shall take possession of the land and settle in it. For I have given the land to you to possess it. You shall inherit the land by lot according to your clans. To a large tribe you shall give a large inheritance, and to a small tribe you shall give a small inheritance. Wherever the lot falls for anyone, that shall be his. According to the tribes of your fathers you shall inherit. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then those of them whom you let remain shall be as barbs in your eyes and thorns in your sides, and they shall trouble you in the land where you dwell. And I will do to you as I thought to do to them. Numbers, verses 32 to 50 to 56. The book of Deuteronomy quotes Moses as explaining his own military expedition. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have given to give Sihon and his land over to you. Begin to take position, that you may occupy his land. Then Sihon came out against us, he and all his people, to battle at Jahaz. And the Lord our God gave him over to us, and we defeated him and his sons and all his people. And we captured all his cities at that time, and devoted to destruction every city, men, women, and children. We left no survivors, only the livestock we took as spoil for ourselves, with the plunder of the cities that we captured, from Erower, which is on the edge of the valley of the Arnon, and from the city that is in the valley as far as Gilead, there was not a city too high for us. The Lord our God gave all into our hands. 37. Only to the land of sons of Ammon you did not draw near, that is, to all the bank of the river Jabok and the cities of the hill country, whatever the Lord our God had forbidden us. Deuteronomy chapter number 2, verse number 31 to 37. Also, the Bible says that prophet Joshua, who succeeded Moses, also captured the landscapes for Israelites and exterminated people who lived there. In the book of Joshua, his so-called cruelties appear to be glorified. See a few narratives. Then Joshua captured Makeda. He struck it with the edge of the sword and every person in it. He left none remaining in it. And he did to its king as he had done to the king of Jericho. Then Joshua and all Israel with him passed on from Libna to Lachish and laid siege to it and fought against it. And the Lord gave Lachish into the hand of Israel. And he captured it on the second day and struck it with the edge of the sword and every person in it, as he had done to Libna. Then Horam king of Jezer came up to help Lachish, and Joshua struck him and his people, until he left none remaining. Then Joshua and all Israel with him passed on from Lachish to Eglon, and they laid siege to it and fought against it. And they captured it on that day and struck it with the edge of the sword 
and he devoted every person in it to destruction that day, and he had done to Lachish. Then Joshua and all Israel with him went up from Eglon to Hebron, and they fought against it, and captured it, and struck it with the edge of the sword, and its kings, and its towns, and every person in it. He left none remaining, as he had done to Eglon, and devoted it to destruction, and every person in it. Then Joshua and all Israel with him turned back to Debir and fought against it, and he captured it with its king and all its towns, and they struck them with the edge of the sword, and devoted to destruction every person in it. He left none remaining, just as he had done to Hebron, and to Libna, and its king. So he did to Debir and to its king. So Joshua struck the whole land, the hill country, and the Negev, and the low land, and the slopes, and all their kings. He left none remaining, but devoted to destruction, and all that breathed, just as the Lord of God of Israel commanded. And Joshua struck them from the Kadesh Barnea, as far as Gaza, and all the country of Goshen, as far as Gibeon. And Joshua captured all these kings and their land at one time, because the Lord God of Israel fought for Israel. Then Joshua returned, and all Israel with him, to the camp at Gilgal. Joshua, chapter number 10, verse number 29 to 43. We can read about narratives on the Israelites' war for supremacy in the book of Judges and in the book of Samuel and Kings. Jews thought that all these invasions were fulfillment of the word Jehovah had given to the Israelites. They claimed that Jehovah allowed them to take over kingdoms, to kill all living beings, including women, children, and human beings, and to burn down all subjugated cities if need back. By attributing all these cold-blooded acts to the prophets, we can find in the Old Testament of the Bible justifications for the Israeli terror that has lasted to this day. To the question of why there should be war, the Old Testament answers that the war is meant to serve kingdoms and establish the supremacy of the Israelites. To the question of how a war could be waged, it answers that the enemies should be fully exterminated. See, Moses' command on war. When you draw near to a city to fight against it, offer terms of peace to it, and if it responds to you peaceably, and it opens to you, then all the people who are found in it shall do forced labor for you and shall save you. But if it makes no peace with you, but makes war against you, then you shall besiege it. And when the Lord your God gives it to you in your hand, you shall put all its males to the sword, but the woman and the little ones, the livestock and everything else in the city, all its spoil, you shall take a splendor for yourselves. And you shall enjoy the spoil of your enemies, which the Lord your God has given to you. This you shall do to all the cities that are very far from you, which are not cities of the nations here, but in the cities of these people, that the Lord your God is giving you an inheritance. You shall save alive nothing that breathes, but you shall devote them to complete destruction, the Hittites and the Amorites, the Canaanites and the Perizzites, the Hivites and the Jebusites, as the Lord your God has commanded that they may not teach you to do according to all their abominable practices that they have done for their gods. And so you sin against the Lord your God. Deuteronomy chapter number 20, verse 10 to 18. The references in the Old Testament to war makes it clear how religion becomes inhuman when the prophetic propagations are rewritten for one song best interest. It is sure that neither the Almighty Lord nor his messengers commanded that opponents be either killed or subjugated in order to establish the supremacy of the Israelites. When the commands of the prophets who took up arms in exigency to maintain justice and ethics were altered, they appeared to provoke supremacy and violence. In other words, when human hands mutilated scriptures, the just wars caused bloodshed for supremacy. It becomes clear 
that only a divine source without interpolation by the hands of human beings can give a humanistic and moral command for war.